Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. You know, um, aside from what we want to do uh, with our expansion offering here and, and dreaming as a church about what God wants to do through our lives, um, another dream, because you know we're called to dream big, all right? Just turn to your neighbor and just say, dream big, please. Dream big, please. <laughs> For the sake of his kingdom, we have to be, we have to be big dreamers. Um, aside from these local initiatives, about a year and a half ago, Deb and I, we just got this real confirmation of a, a long-term kind of pondering of, about um, starting another church initiative or a, a plant in Papua Nui in, in Christchurch. And um, we'd been, you know, we've been talking about this now with our staff team and our governance team um, for a good year and a half at least. And, and just allowing the, the seed, you know, when God gives you a word, it comes into your spirit and it starts in seed form. And, and so we were, we've just allowed and honored that seed by talking about it and dreaming about it in our hearts uh, to begin to kind of grow and to uh, develop into a, hey, hey, this isn't something that we could do one day, into a, we believe we're called to Papua Nui. <laughs> we believe we're actually called to plant in the city and, and, to, and to see God do something, pioneer a move. Um, I'm scared about that. <laughs> I just want to be real. It sounds so grandiose, doesn't it? Well, I've got the microphone and I'm like, Dream big, everybody. It's so easy to dream. But at one point, you've got to actually do something. And so these words that I'm saying, they do have weight. And I'm not just, you know, fluffing on about some lofty dream. We've actually done a process of, of really wrestling with this. And, and um, actually, Luke was just sharing with me, Luke Drennan, who's um, he's actually probably on, um, on media. Um, he's amazing, plays guitar. He actually boards with us as well. It's been awesome having in our family for the last couple of years. And he was just uh, sharing with me um, just the other day about how he was driving through Papua Nui. He was coming back from a youth event. And um, they'd kind of taken the wrong, um, the, the wrong turn. And there was a few of them in the car. And then they were going, ended up going through the commercial area in Papua Nui. And they started looking at buildings and thinking like, oh, I wonder if, you know, the, a church plant could be in that building. And, and uh, what would it look like? And then they started spitballing ideas about, you know, what would the worship be like and who would lead it and, and what the youth outreach could become. And, and it was really awesome to hear this. And then Luke said, and then the, in the car, like for him, the presence of the Holy Spirit just totally fell on him. And in his words, it became like a, wow, this is a for real type moment. And his heart, he said, started to break for the community. And he shed some tears, he said, just thinking about how much God loved the people of Papua Nui. And, and that we would get to connect with, I guess, in a sense, the, the broken walls of that community and impact that part of the city. So it's amazing as believers, as ones who are, you know, a part of God's family, that we as followers of Christ get to dream with God about our future, to dream with God about his call being outworked in our lives. 
uh, to build with him. You know that Ephesians 2.10 says that we are his workmanship. You know, and then we prophetically unite with his purposes and then we go into uh, that, you know, and, and, and then we start working out his heart and his purpose so that, you know, that because we're his workmanship, he's prepared good things in advance for us to do. So there's this synergy of being, you know, him and us and us being in him and then actually our lives being outworked into the very practical issues and areas of broken walls, you know, broken bits of society that we are called to reflect and manifest his kingdom in that kind of way. And so this three-week series I was talking about, we've just framed this mission builds momentum. And the premise for this is that our lives give expression to the momentum of God's plan and purposes to the world. Like we're the the ones (laughs) that that engage with his promises and go. And and I want to speak from uh, 1 Corinthians 3 today. And um, in this chapter, Paul's speaking to the, the church of Corinthian, and, and this is the passage that you've probably all heard of if you've been in church for a while. And, and Paul's drawing the line in the sand between being infants in Christ, like just drinking the milk, and then being mature in Christ, which is being self-feeding and, 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 the, and taking the meat of God's word. And, word. and then he goes on uh, to call up this church, the church of Corinth, to become a strong body of believers that build their lives with great purpose and eternal substance. So I just want to hit this this morning, and we'll start in verse 3. It says, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit. I could not address you? I want, you know, it's like, I, could not, I couldn't do this. But as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you're not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You're still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling amongst you, are you not worldly? Question, ma- uh, question mation mark. <laughs> Just made a new one up. <laughs> question mark. Are you not acting like mere humans? It's kind of like, whoa. <laughs> I thought I was a human. Are you not acting like mere humans? So Paul's just like, straight out of the box. He is just confronting the church with truth about the reality of their position as a church, of their immaturity in this stage, in this space. But also, and then he pushes back and he says, the problem is, is that you're just looking at yourself through the lens of humanity. You're missing the fact that this is out of this world vision for your life. There's a perspective that you're created to be engaged in, and he wants this church to see that it's time to start building out of the box. It's time to unbox yourself, church, from the world's paradigms and the way that you're looking and and comparing yourselves with how the world system is. You're missing out on the fact that you're not just a mere human. And then he states, (laughs) I planted the seed. Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants or the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. And you know that they're not talking literally about farming here. They're not like competing farmers with one field and then another field. 
But Paul has been like that apostle in this region. He's gone and he's planted the seed of God's word and promises. And then Apollos, I'm guessing, is probably teaching about this, but he's probably more pastor. He's probably a, a teacher. And he's been watering that seed. He's been nurturing that seed as, a, as probably as a shepherd. And, and, and But then it says, but only, only the Spirit of God can make it grow. You know, the, I, there's nothing... There's no such thing as being self-made in the kingdom of God. There, there's this, yes, there's a divine partnership between Paul and Apollos, but only God can make what they do grow. And, and you remember uh, when, when Jesus said to Peter, hey, hey, Peter, come and, come and follow me and I will make you a, fishers, a fisher of men. <laughs> and, and that Greek word, make, it's a building type of word. It actually means to manufacture or to construct. And so Jesus is saying, Peter, you follow me and I will make you. I will build you. I will construct you. I will reconstruct you probably. And I will build you and put a construction or a structure with you, within you, that will make someone that you never could be if you weren't following me. And, and you know, it says in Ephesians 1 verse 7, since I chose you before the foundation of the earth, Jesus is saying essentially to Peter that on this foundation of myself, I will bring into maturity your spiritual health, your emotional health. I will build my kingdom through your lives, you know, as, as, and this is out of the box, right? You know, as teachers, as lawyers, as business people, as, as farmers, you know, as electricians, veterinarians, lawyers, like I will take your life unique, created in Christ Jesus to do good works for which you've, I've prepared in advance for you to do. And I will let my, if you allow me, I will allow my kingdom to grow through your life and I will make you to become someone that you could never be without me. So follow me and I will make you. We've just got to, we've got to just stop. We've got to keep following Jesus. You know, that is, that is probably a, that is one of the biggest discipleship issues because following Jesus sounds easy, but following Jesus is hard. <laughs> it's simple, you know, simple to follow Jesus, but it's also simple to be led by other things. Like it's simple to be led by unbelief, pride, self-hate, isolation, offense, fear, mistrust, gossip, poverty, religion or offense. You know, like those things are easy to follow as well. And when we follow anything less than Christ, we actually decommission Jesus from building our lives. That's why he says, follow me and I'll make you. Don't follow anything else because that's going to unmake you. In this scripture, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. Jesus is saying as we follow him, like a net gathers. This is the second part of what Jesus was saying. Follow me, Peter, and I'll make you a fisher of men. Following Jesus leads toward gathering others. He says in Matthew 12 verse 30, the one who does not gather with me scatters. 
you know, and whether we're planting the gospel or whether we're watering the seed or whether we're gathering people, the expression, you know, of, of these things is that Jesus has been building within us. It's a part of who Jesus is making us to become, to become people who gather, who plant, who, who sow, who water, who love, who cherish other people. Follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. You know, a builder's vision is, is focused on creating environments. This is practically now. <laughs> environments for families, for industry, uh, for communities. And, and, and a builder engages in the process of construction until there is an establishment. That's what a builder does. They see a process through, they have their blueprints and they look at the blueprint and then they go in their mind and their vision because of their skill set, they can see the roof going on, the windows going in, the masonry uh, on the wall. They can see every dimension of it and because they've got a goal of what that building is going to become. And I just want to give you three dynamics this morning that kingdom builders need. And the first one is a builder needs to commit to a process of construction. That's what, a, that's what a builder needs to do, and that's what a kingdom builder needs to do. You know, someone famous once said, his name was Bob, and he said, uh, can we fix this? And then everyone said, that's right. He was, it's a committing line, or can we build this? Yes, we can. And so like, yes, we can engage. Yes, we, Bob the prophet was, was calling the church into engagement of saying, yes, I'm a part of the kingdom. <laughs> so continuing with Paul's letter to the Corinthian church in verse 8 it says the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor whether that we're planting a seed or watering a seed there's a great reward connected to the fulfillment of our purpose like there's a reward for what you do just like a builder goes to a building site on a frosty cold morning and it's like, I don't want to be here, but I'm here because there's a reward. And, and I'm so grateful for, I, do you know, do you ever feel like you're, you're the product of someone else's hard labor? <laughs> I know that I am. I'm so grateful. And if some of those people do what they put into my life, that, that would be enough to be their reward, I think. Um, Mrs. Henderson, uh, I was... Eight to fourteen years old, she was a friend. Uh, she was a mother of a friend of mine, and she used to pick me up for boys' brigade every uh, Tuesday night, I think it was, and take me to boys' brigade. Now, Mrs. Henderson, there was something about her life. I, she went to a Holy Spirit church, and I didn't know that at the time, but there was something around her that was so godly, so comforting. Something that I'd never experienced when I'd been around another person before. I'm being straight up. This is Mrs. Henderson. She is awesome. And she impacted my life. I remember asking her questions about God as a 10-year-old. Because I was actually quite hungry. You know, everyone's hungry. And when you see something on someone's life, you're like, what is this? And I remember her telling me something about the Holy Spirit. And I don't remember what it was. But it just resonated with me. As a, as, a real, as a young boy, really. And I actually saw her at my friend's 40th about five years ago, and I just went up to her and just thanked her. 
just for the simplicity of just being herself and being, being a mum, you know, to me as well. And she just cried. <laughs> she just cried. And I was like, because it just meant something for her. Mrs. Henderson, she was amazing. Another lady, Mary Pettigrew, who lived on Ballarat Road. I was 18 years old. I was just totally like disconnected from life and society, struggled with self-hate at that stage, and, and um, had a conversation with her across the fence, just my neighbor. And she said, you should go to the Baptist youth group. And I was like, stuff it, I will. And so I did. <laughs> and that was flipping awesome. And I, I high five Mary Pettigrew. Incredible. Just a neighbor, one conversation. John Robertson was a part of this church for a number of years, started the Hearing Tech franchise, was a great encourager for me in business. Just encouraged me, prayed with me. Um, I shared this vision I had about a printing press one day. He was like, why don't you go buy a printing business? I was like, no way, too scared. No, not going to do that. Don't, don't even, ah. And then he rings me up after that appointment and said, hey, do you know there's a photocopy shop for sale in Rangiora? I was like, oh, man. <laughs> the next day I owned it pretty much. And, um, and he gave me, you know, he actually gave me a, um, a short-term loan so I could do that. It was amazing. Dave McGregor, he's, the, he's, he's a senior pastor in, in Grace Vineyard. He, um, he's really the only pastor out of this lot, eh? Yeah. Everyone's not pastors. And, and as a 20-year-old, he uh, went after the walls in my life and just kind of like confronted me and, and challenged my life where I was at to give my life to Christ, which I did. I honor that man for just, you know, for, for being true to his call. And, and these guys, they put the love of Christ on display. All of them in their own way, shone that facet of the diamond to me that I needed to see and to see the kingdom of God. What God, what God looked like. And God wants to use you to reveal who he is to someone else, to be a builder in his promises, to be a builder in his kingdom. It says in this verse 9, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care for no one can lay any foundation other than uh, the one that has already been laid, which is Christ or Jesus Christ. You know, the depth of the foundation of love in our lives, you know, when we're talking about this deep love foundation, this is, this is the platform that we build our lives and this is the Father's heart. This is the, the love of Christ. And this will determine the integrity of what we build. The strength of that foundation and, and the strength of the love of God determines how high and how strong we can go with our lives. The revelation of the love. I love Acts 2. Let me just share this. All the believers were together. They sold property and possessions they gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. You know, I heard this uh, recently. So I'm, I'm not necessarily the one challenging you, but you know, the first century church, they met daily. The 21st century church can come to Sundays occasionally. And I know we do life groups, and I know that we're not like those other church people. But the early church had a deep foundation. They built deep relationships. They had deep communion. They expressed deep generosity and commitment to one another's needs. There was no welfare available. There was no welfare system. Many sacrificed personal financial aspirations for the sake of the needs of others. 
that kind of depth and relationship is not convenient. Verse 47 from Acts 2 says this, Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, once again, the Lord's doing something. They're doing all the stuff. They're doing the love, the deep, in, the, you know, deep love, deep commitment, lots of fellowship. But that's not actually building. It's doing something. I guess it is building in some sense. But it says, but the Lord added. He was like, there's something going on in this community that expresses the depth of my heart. I can entrust my kingdom with these people. I can trust new souls. I can trust people in this place. Chris Vallotton uh, was, I was listening to this podcast recently, and he was recounting a conversation that um, he'd had with Benning Liebscher, who's the um, Jesus Culture pastor and started the Jesus Culture movement. And Chris said uh, that someone had come up to Benning uh, from his congregation and asked him, uh, asked Benning this, he said, do you have a ministry to the poor in this church? And Banning said this, I don't know. Are you ministering to the poor? If you are, then we have a ministry to the poor. The guy laughed and Banning said, no, I'm serious. You know, love must be personal to be powerful because it's personalized love that transforms people. And then Chris said, institutions can't love people. The government, corporations can't love people. They can only do good things for people. Hey, kids. How's it going? Good to have you here. I need to wrap this up. Um, I feel like I've got a lot to say today. You know, Christ gave us a code to build our lives on. Um, and a part of this code is actually found in the Lord's Prayer. And I just want to lead us through this right now. And we'll just wrap, we'll wrap this up today around this moment. Maybe just stand right now. Let's just, um, I'm just going to say a line from this. And then we'll just pause for a moment. This is found in Matthew 6. And Bill Johnson actually says, this shouldn't be called the Lord's Prayer. This should be called the Disciples' Prayer. Um, this is our prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Father, we say you're holy. We, you're, you're our Father. <laughs> you're firstly our Father. And at a foundational level of our lives, we give you permission to love us deeply. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray that your kingdom would take precedence over any other kingdom in our lives. Help us keep building your kingdom our first priority. 
we just say, you can own this part if you want to or not, but Jesus, you have permission to alter the structure of my life. You have permission to instruct me, to construct me, deconstruct me, that I may build my life in a pattern of the blueprint of heaven. Give us today our daily bread. We just honor you as the source of everything good that's coming in our lives, into our lives that sustains us. We honor you. We give you thanks for our finances, for our food, for the flow of relationships coming into our lives, the bread that feeds our souls and our stomachs. And we join our value system with you. We receive your riches in glory and the supply of all of your needs, that all of our unmet needs would be met in you, in Jesus' name. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Please lead us from taking shortcuts in life. Lead us for building temporary structures that may look good on the outside, but have no substance. And you have permission to come into every room in our hearts. You have permission to go behind every closed door. We want to let you in and fill our lives with light. Build us up in the most holy faith, Jesus. And lead us from temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. Keep our eyes wide open to you. We pray, Father, that you would call people around us to call our blind spots out and to speak the truth and love to us where we need it. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything.